All right, hello everyone. Uh, Rich Wooten podcast, blah blah blah. Got another in, another quick intro for you on this one. So on this one, we recorded this one. Uh, let me see, August twenty seventh, twenty twenty one, and so and we talk about some really great albums on this one. We talk about Cattle Decapitation, Death Atlas, The Warning, From a Distance. Um, there's an infected mushroom album that we talk about and we talk about an avalanches album also really great music that we get to, but the first 30 minutes I was, uh, so that was a really heavy time. Uh, my wife works in an ICU and that was during the Delta surge. And it was that first time that we were understanding. It was the first time that that she had to care for people who were being extremely belligerent to her about vaccines and things like that. So, you know, this was, you know, so the so I talk about that quite a bit. And I talk about some sort of philosophical realizations and whatnot that I was having around the time, and it's not a negative. I wouldn't say it's a negative or a depressing conversation, but the topic is kind of heavy. And so if that's not really what you want to hear um, or that's just not the vibe you're in, you just want to hear, you know, and just first 30 minutes <laughs> is what that is. It's insightful. It's sincere. I stand by it. I think there's really good stuff we talk about in there, but it is heavy. So just wanted to, to, to let you guys know. Um, but after that, about 30 minutes in, we start talking about the music and uh, I'd hate for you to to miss the cool things we said about those records. So anyway, appreciate you guys. Adios. So, um, yeah. So where to begin? Yeah. Where to begin? So <laughs> what we decided to do for this one, because we've been pretty nostalgic about the, on the last ones was sort of to just pick, you know, each pick two records, not necessarily that are like, Oh, my, my top record of 2020 or whatever. Not necessarily yeah. that. Cause just... there wasn't one. <laughs> no one had one. <laughs> um, but just, you know, pick like two records that we've discovered recently, um, or that have been pretty important to us. Yeah. Sort of the past little bit and so the the two records that i picked really kind of reflect my current mental state um which is sort of you know this is whatever is today august 27th 7th 2021 yeah. and so my wife works in an icu and the COVID situation is absolutely insane right now. And see, there were, there were actual records last year. They just weren't audio records, and they were set by terrible <laughs> shit happening. <laughs> yeah, this is my favorite. My favorite record yep. was how yeah how yeah. the Methodist hospital system in Houston has more COVID patients now than they ever have. That's my yeah. favorite record. Right uh, now, of, of 2021, yeah, 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 yeah. Th those were all the records that 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 were released, if you will, in 2020. But yeah, but so that, 
you know, the, to say the least, um, you know, th- it's it's hard. It's difficult to be really positive um, about all this, and given that. You know, given that there are there's progress made with vaccines, there's progress made with vaccinations, there's progress made with uh, FDA approval, and and then you still have people doubling down. You still have people doubling down while their family members are dying, and this is not when I say this. This is not a um, this is not a headline that I've read. These are things I hear every day. Right. Um, Literal stories from the front fucking line. Yeah. yeah, yeah from yeah. someone who is there all the time. Yeah. Like, they, these people have names. Like, she can tell you Mr. Such-and-so and Mr. So-and-such's and Miss So-and-such's, you know? And these people will be be dying and screaming conspiracy theories and saying it's the nurse's fault and saying it's the doctor's fault and all these types of things. And... And the thing and the 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 problem, you know, the thing that's really terrible is that, you know, you if you go into this field, you go into this field because you want to help people. Yeah. And if you decide, hey, yeah, I'm going to go to extra school so I can do the extra hard shit to help people. I really want my hand. I really want to make decisions and be responsible for those decisions that keep people alive. Usually you're a pretty success-oriented person. You're pretty ambitious, if you will. You know, you decide to do things because you want to do them well. Yeah. And there's no good way to take care of COVID patients. So it is a mentally... It is just such an insane burden that they just have to deal with so much death. And even when it wasn't necessarily avoidable, it was still an insane burden to ask of them. But right now that it's, and that the hospitals are at such capacity and and everything becomes more lethal is the thing, you know, everything becomes more lethal. Um, It's it's almost like it's taken on a new uh, face this, this year versus last this time last year basically mm-hmm. or or a few months before that last year like 14 months ago or so yeah because sort of like, to piggyback off of what you said initially they're like you go into this field because you want to help people and so chances are you probably have a good deal of empathy right you, you, you are the type of person who opens yourself up to other people to let them know you're there to help them Right. And to really let like, you know, let them in to the extent that, you know, they want to be or or vice versa. Just try to get yourself in there. And but you're that kind of person. You have that kind of personality. And like this time last year it was uncontrollable. It was just nobody had a clue, you know, how this thing was gonna go, mm-hmm. how things were gonna shake out. It was it was like more scary for everyone. Whereas now it's become like malicious. It's yeah, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating on my end for me. And I mean, and I, I don't want to speak for her too much. I wanted maybe the next episode, I wanna I wanna get her in here and I want to like I wanna give her a chance to talk about all these things from her perspective. Not not to, you know, educate people, but to just 
the hell has this been like for you? Yeah, right. And, but for me, it's, I want the mental health of my family back. Like, it's very, it's very selfish for me. Like, I want, I want, I don't want her to have to carry this anymore because yeah. 18 months is long enough. And too long. And right now, for people to simultaneously be okay with the whatever, whatever new treatment getting approved for, I, I, I don't even know the name for it. I, I'm blanking on it right now. But like, it's a thing you can, you know, if you're falling a certain age and you're this and you're that and you're sick, but not too sick, you can do the, the whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think of what it is right now. I, I, I don't know. Um, or the, um, you know, like, which is very experimental. The vaccine is not experimental. And there is a way to avoid dying from COVID. There is a way to avoid doing it. And it's you get vaccinated. And there's, that's the overwhelming evidence. You know, all the people that are dying in the ICU are unvaccinated. Well, you know, 97%. Like, there's a ridiculous majority. In the past month, I think there's been one. Literally one, yeah. Well, at Allison's, at at Allison's hospital. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was someone who had a compromised immune system, and so their immune system wasn't able to react to the vaccine. Right. So, in effect, they were still unvaccinated. Sure, yeah, totally. As if the vaccine just sort of, like, passed right through them in a sense. Yeah. And so, you know, when I get really angry about this, I, you know, when I get really angry, what I feel is I want to just yell and scream at people to, if you don't want to do what these people are saying to prevent this from happening, then die at home and bury your own fucking dead. And because that's, it's it's it like if you don't trust the, if you don't trust what she's saying now then you shouldn't if you were consistent with your bullshit you wouldn't trust what she's saying whenever you can't breathe but that's not what these people do once they're in trouble let me in please help me please help me please help me it's like it's too late you know it's too late and it's really sad because there, there's young people. There's young people that are dying. Yeah. Um, and so it's not, you know, people who are our age who are in good shape and all those things. Yep. And leave, and they're leaving their kids behind. They're leaving family. You know, it's it's just totally unnecessary. Absolutely. And the 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 cost and the strain on the system, and now everything is more lethal. A friend of mine, or a family friend, you know, he had a foot infection. He should have had his foot amputated like a week ago. But because of the backlog and because of everything that's going on right now, it didn't, that that procedure wasn't able to happen until two days ago. And they needed to do a follow-up and they're not able to get in and do it because of what's going on. And, And there's a very serious chance that he'll develop a bloodstream infection and die similar to how my mother died a few weeks ago. Like it's not, you know, like these are, it's so frustrating that these aren't just caught, like at this point, it's not just costing the lives of people who 
chose not to get vaccinated. Oh, well, my risk, I can, my freedom, I can choose and I'll pay the consequences. That's just not the case. It never was that. It, it just never was that. Like you, you can, you can, you can make that argument to yourself all like to your blue in the fucking face, but it never ever was. That was never the actual argument. You know, that was the excuse. That was the, the public excuse. But also, even if that was the excuse, mm-hmm. that's never how it was. You you were never only there for yourself. You were never only making your own decisions for you that only affected you. It was never. It is never that way. Right. It always affects other people. Right. Right. And so it, that's the, that's the most bullshit thing you could possibly come up with. Yeah, it really frustrates me, and and it it just it's a lot of goalpost moving, and and thing and things like that. Yeah. And so, of, well, I'll I'll. And this was something that I realized. This was a really, in, in sort of, if I zoom out and I and I look at things in a very generalized, big picture way, I had a really sort of, I had a realization, sort of my, my worldview changed. It was kind of depressing for me to have that because what I realized was that people's values determine how they interpret their experiences. So people's values will determine how they interpret an experience. So it doesn't, because you want to think that, well, there's all these people that disagree and you just they just they just they just haven't seen the right thing yet they don't they haven't heard the right example they haven't someone hasn't explained it to them the right way someone hasn't taught them how vaccines work they don't actually understand how medicine works or how that flow works in the hospital they don't understand that the things that they're frustrated with about it don't have to do with medicine but have to do with our healthcare system in this country uh, or whatever Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they just they just need to be lovingly shown the right things at the right time in the right way by the right person. And they'll and and then they'll go, Oh, okay, I didn't think about that way. And then right. we can all get together moving on to move forward, all in the same boat to try to do what's best for everyone. And that's absolutely not the case. It just demonstrably isn't. And, and it's it's it, it's extremely sad. Yeah. And it, it yeah. So it, and like I don't know if it's because I used to think that. So in 2007, uh, I was diag while I was in grad school. I was diagnosed as bipolar, and then a few months later, in early 2008, I actually ended up in a state mental hospital. I was there for like three weeks. And I always looked back on that as as this, I mean, it was a life-changing event, but I always looked at it as, oh, well, that experience made me much more compassionate. And it made my heart bigger because I was all of a sudden around people who were, who had things much harder than me. And I was this hot shot coming out of college that 
was going to go and change the world and do all these things. And then, and then here I'm, I'm hanging out with people that I would have looked down my nose at just a few months prior, you know, people who had, people who had problems that were much worse than me, you know, they also had substance abuse issues. They didn't have, they didn't have a home to go home to. Right. They, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a whole other, there's a whole other litany of things I can, I, I will go into about that whole experience at some point, but, but I, I, I always thought that that, that really made me change my perspective and really was like, okay, well, I shouldn't judge people, you know, because I was the people I thought were the, the lowest of the low and had made the worst decisions. I was right there with them. And I, I'm always only two bad decisions from not getting out of there. You know, I was just lucky enough to not have a substance abuse issue. And I was lucky enough to be, to have, to have college degrees at that point. So I was good at talking. I was good at defending myself. Right. And things like that. I was good at explaining myself. So whenever I had to sit in front of a panel of people and, and basically justify why I didn't need to be there anymore, right. I was probably a much better able to articulate myself just because of my luck and my, my privilege to have had an education yeah. and whatnot. And, but what I realized is using that as an example in this bigger point of that people's values determine how they interpret events or interpret their experiences. If I had, I could just, have e just as easily look back on that same experience and interpret it as, well, I was at the lowest of the low and I got, I pulled myself up and I saw, I saw where I was gonna end up if I didn't start making better decisions and I started making better decisions. And that's why I'm here right now. I could just as easily look back on it and, and, and with the same exact data, the same exact experience and interpret it as not, I am among these people, so I should have more compassion for people that I don't know because I don't know what their lives are like and I don't know what brought them to be in the situations they're in. Or I could interpret it as, no, I know exactly where you've been and I know exactly how you got here, and it's because you made bad choices, and I'm not there because I don't make bad choices. So fuck you. You need to do better. And um, this is a really, that's a really, really pessimistic, depressing bummer of a fucking perspective change for me to have. I mean, it, it... It sort of exactly mirrors a lot of what people are like in real life. Yeah. So you can't say, well, I don't know. You can't say that it's wrong. It, it fits. It fits the data. You know, it fits the experience, and that's what's that's what's so frustrating, and has been so frustrating this past eighteen months. Is sort of seeing. And I don't know, I don't know if there's just see, seeing people just completely dismiss, 
Allison's knowledge and expertise and experience just completely like that doesn't mean anything. What you're seeing and putting your hands on doesn't mean anything. Like that you've done this so much that you can that you can look at an x-ray and instantly know if someone has covid. That's all you need. You don't need anything else. You don't need a positive test. You just need a you just need to look at their lungs and you know. But then to assume that she doesn't know anything else or what she knows comes from like she only she only says what her backers say and and all this. People have said that to her. What is that? What does that even who well, because backers, big pharma, you know. Oh, for fuck's sake! Okay, blah yeah. blah blah. All right. Um, she's just a shill. She's okay. just a you know. She's, she's the marionette, and the shadow hands are guiding the. Pu- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. It, and it's you know because it's all it's all part of a big corrupt institution that is, you know, with that, medicine. Their Western medicine itself is impure, so anyone who represents it is flawed and okay, so okay. without them even realizing it it's as if they are infected okay so they may not they may have the best of intentions themselves but these doctors and these nurses they don't understand what's really happening they've been been infected by the institutional western the institutional knowledge of western medicine yeah. you know they've been indoctrinated that's that's sort of how some of these people conceive of these things but but yeah so it's you know and so you you couple that with, you know, the recent death of my mother, and I've been in kind of a mood anyway. So it's, you know, but that, and I, and I don't know too if it's because I spent so much time as a teacher that to, to, to be a really good teacher, you really need to believe in people's ability to change and people's sure. ability to, it's like, okay, cool, man. I know you're bad at math. Um, but that's just cause you, it's like, you absolutely can do this. It just hasn't been shown to you in the right way. And here we go. That's literally your job at that point yeah. is to figure out how best they can understand the thing. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I've never met a student that couldn't, just couldn't do math to right. be absolutely clear. I've, I've met a lot of students who have been traumatized by their experiences with math, you know, but I've never met, I've never met like, oh, well, you just can't do this. I've met lots of teachers, my peers, who have said that to students, which oh, okay. upset me very much. But I've never met, I've never met a student that, that, that I couldn't teach how to do whatever they needed to do math-wise. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's okay. just patience and it's just, okay, well, where, where is your gap, right? Yeah. And. And so I don't know if that's just like a fundamental became sort of a fundamental part of my belief system in general, because you need to have it as a teacher, particularly as a math teacher. Mm-hmm. But I don't, and I mean, and there is a difference because if you if you're paying money to be in a class, you've shown a willingness to, like, well, I'm here for whatever that guy has to say. So there is there, this isn't a one to one analogy. But that is the sort of thing that people say about all sorts of things. Math is just a very good example because everyone, you know, who goes to a public school at least mm-hmm. goes through that and yeah. knows people who have gone through that. But like, you know, working in like the tech industry, mm-hmm. people are just like, I, I'm just not good with computers. I just don't know. I just can't, you know. Right. Because that's your field. Because that's my field. Yes. Uh, but it's the same. It's the same sort of thing where it's like, it's not that you're not good at it. It's just that you haven't 
taking the time to understand it, whether that's because you're lazy or just because you just haven't figured out how to do it best yet, right? Right. It's just time. Yeah. It's, everything is just a skill and it's just time put in. There's yeah. no, no, no one is inherently enabled to do anything is, is my opinion, my, my view on that. I think, I, I mean, if anything, to me, talent, talent, like if you really have a gift, I think the gift is really just an interest in yeah, something. That, yeah. I'd go with that. Um, like if you look at drums, I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't particular. I, I never, it never felt particularly easy to me. I was just, you just had like that fire to keep going. <laughs> I was just really interested and, and I, and I wanted to keep doing it no matter how much I failed at it because I have failed at it sometimes. <laughs> I, Word. I, 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 we, I can do a whole another thing talking about my studio nightmare stories of just, <laughs> Just eating a bag, like a beach full of dicks in front of every <laughs> God and everyone. And John Cena. But I, uh, such a good movie, right? It's, I watched it twice in the week it came out, and it's so, it's so good. It's the best comic book movie. I'm going to say that right now. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, 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 yeah. And anyway, backing track, back, backtracking to what I, what I was saying about, you know, teaching math and whatnot. Yeah. Like I think that that sort of just, you know, I have that predisposition towards wanting, you know, okay, well, cool, to do this job good, I need to believe that everyone can do it. Right. And no matter where they are at right now, I can get them where they need to be. They just need to be presented the material in the right way, in a safe way, in a non-judgmental way, a non-judgmental environment of, hey, you're not a piece of shit because you don't know this already. Right. And it's and and I believe that you're trying. Let's just figure out where where your where your gap in where your gap in knowledge is. Yeah, and so I want to believe that that is the same thing that's going on when someone says, wants to say that uh, the vaccines are going to change my DNA or they're going to make me infertile, or or they're going to give you COVID, or they're going to give me COVID or whatever. But I don't think that's the case. It doesn't seem that way, and. So the conclusion is that you, we still have to find a way to coexist with these people. Yeah, I mean, the the, the, the big narrative now is like we, we need to figure out how to coexist with COVID because it's not going away. Right. But actually also there's a third party in this in this argument, which is that we have to find a way to coexist with the people who are preventing it from going away. Right. Right. And that's... And I'm, and I mean, and it's, you can extrapolate it out. And I mean, I guess what's really sort of terrifying or sort of frustrating about this is that you could take and we could have this same exact conversation from the other viewpoint. Like we could have this same exact conversation and talk about that you can't change that people's people are going to interpret their you know their experiences based on their values, and that's why they trust vaccines and that's why they've fallen down this hole of believing that big pharma and government and this 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 and this and this and this and that is what is so frustrating to me about this is that i you know i don't you know i i want to find a way to like reduce it and 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 make it something very clean as to you know but there isn't 
There isn't. And I mean, I, I guess the problem there is that if you're coming from the other direction, is it genuine? Can it be genuine? Yeah. Yeah. And it, because my, my whole thing and what I've tried to tell people is that you shouldn't like, I don't give a shit if someone is a, is a doctor that's, that's selling supplements. Like, are they, are they treating the worst COVID? I don't even care if they're a doctor and like a family, you know, and have a family practice somewhere. Mm -hmm. Are they treating the sickest COVID patients? Because that's who you should be listening to. You, you find me an ICU doctor that, 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 that says vaccines don't really work and that ivermectin is, is the best treatment. That's what I was trying to think of earlier. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's not what I was talking about because ivermectin like, doesn't do, do anything, but there is a new sort of experimental – I can't think of it. I might, I might text Allison to see what it is. Um. You know, and I, and like, and I, and I don't know. It's like, is it a situation of bad actors? You know, of people that I mean, that you could say that you could say that that's the situation with our governor, who's like triple vaccinated, <laughs> and and is telling people that they don't, you know, that you can't, that telling schools that they can't enforce Institute masks, mask mandates. You know. Um, when he's triple vaccinated and getting daily COVID tests and to be fair, he's not wearing a mask to his like fucking ballroom smoky uh, get togethers every single other night well, where he gets COVID. Well, shit. Yeah. Well, shit, man. If you're fucking if you've had like both your doses of the mRNA of either mRNA vaccine and you've had a booster and you get tested daily. Shit, man. And you know that if if you do test positive, you're going to get the best treatment immediately. Well, shit, yeah. If that was if that if that was the way it was going to be for every child and every teacher in the Texas school system, then yeah, man, maybe we could get by without masks. Yeah, man, I'll let anyone who wants to breathe down my fucking throat for all they wanted. Right, let's go. Because I'm triple vaccinated, and if, and if something bad happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna know immediately and get the best medical treatment. And then I'm gonna pass laws. <laughs> To uh, prevent easy voting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so it's just, it's such a, it's so strange and it's, and it's so anyway. So, but this is just a sort of an, you know, example of the cloud of uncertainty that is on my family and us in this, we, this given, I mean, it's on all of us, but it's on, you know, it, these things hit us particularly hard. Because I mean, she's in it. She's she's yeah. You can't get much more in it than Allison is. Right, and and that's another thing. That's so frustrating about it is that, you know, like uh, many people can choose to not be around COVID or choose to not be around risky situations. She can't. Yeah. And yeah. so last year it was really you know she had to before we knew before everyone knew how it was going to spread. She had to go to work and do the best that she could to treat the sickest people, not knowing if she was going to get sick herself, not knowing if she was going to make give it to me, right? Give it to our son. Was that before they had like all the all the full uh, uh, 
like gear and everything in place and all the procedures down right sort of. right right and it was just e- even those first several months it just there was still a lot of uncertainty of well how well is all this shit really gonna work right 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 exactly. how you know and you know you had the theory of why the masks were gonna work and why the ppe and the and and all the shit that they were wearing was gonna work but yeah. you still didn't have that experience and that data Right. You know, and also they didn't have all their sort of procedures and their care plans laid out of how how do we fucking take care of COVID patients? Right, exactly. And things like that. So yeah. You know, all these all these ideas about heroism and I'm not afraid, so I'm not gonna wear a mask and shit like that. Like if you really if you really read the hero myths and you really dig into all that. It's not about not being afraid. It's about being afraid and doing the hard thing anyway. Right. And I can't imagine anything more heroic than going to take care of sick people knowing that it could make you sick and you have no protection. Dude, like, you can't be overstated. (laughs) So... And it's a little different now because now she's vaccinated and I'm vaccinated. So, yeah. you know, that, that, that makes things a little, a little easier, but it also is so frustrating to, because this is her job in society and society, like a, a good portion of society doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And so, so anyway, so that's why the two records... <laughs> That I told you to listen to that I was really feeling were um, Cattle Nice Cattle Decapitation Death Atlas and um, Watching from a Distance by the band Warning. Dude, I love this cover. Yeah. I really love this cover. It's really, it's This amazing. is some like Bixinski shit almost. Who's Bixinski? Szczeslaw Bixinski, I think he pronounced it. He's Polish. He's a Polish artist. Okay. This is like surrealist uh, horror with like just a lot of bones and a lot of shadows and shit. Okay. It's really amazing stuff. Sick. Uh, yeah, reminiscent. And and so, yeah. So these were the two records that I picked because this is kind of the headspace that I'm in at the moment. And, you know, one is one is very hopeless and and very sort of prescriptive about the human race itself being a scourge <laughs> on the planet and then the other one is very is just very just very depressing just very <laughs> but in a very personal way yeah this is the cattle decapitation is in a very detached a very detached way uh so yeah those were the two records that i picked that <laughs> we can dig into yeah, uh, so I mean, you got a preference to where to start on these? No, nah, man, whatever. So, okay, I have a lot more to say about the warning record. I'll say that. Oh, grad. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, so the cattle, the cattle decap, decap record is not the sort of thing I usually listen to mm-hmm. at all. Uh, but the way that you, uh, the way that you suggested these albums and where I know your head has been, I was like, what? There's that. Yeah, sure. Right. Okay. Because, yeah, it's fucking 
it's it's loud. It's like you said, it's just kind of like dismissively not angry, but like just well. And if you don't know much about the band, so like the band is, you know, the main guy in the band. His name is Travis Ryan, and he's vegetarian. He's and so he's like, fuck no, I'm not gonna have kids because overpopulation is killing the planet, you know? And so he's the real deal. And so like they're, um, you know, like the, the, this is, this is their brand, if you will, mm-hmm. of, and so it's not just, and so th- this record is, I guess another thing that I think is really amazing about this record is that it came out in November of 2019. Okay. And so there's, you know, such songs as Bring Back the Plague, um, you know. Prescient. With uh, Everybody a Host, Everybody's Infected, <laughs> Corpses White as a Ghost, Naturally Selected. Oh, boy. You know, Bring Back the Plague, Delete Those That Threaten a New World, Start Today, Dig Their Graves. And so that... Someone wrote that, that, that like, like, and I mean, so that means that he was writing this. This song was written in early 2019. Uh, yeah, like months before that it was recorded. At least, right, recorded in yeah. May, June, more than likely. of 2019. You know, yeah, yeah. So, so that's something that's sort of fascinating about this record to me in particular, and so, and also something that I really love because to me, to me, this is like the potential to be the black album of extreme metal in a sense to me because interesting a lot of sort of death metal extreme metal technical death metal which is is technically a death grind okay record okay is what some technical death grind whatever get it fucking right (laughs) i'm not gonna learn any other way and uh, so because they started off as like just sort of a more traditional grindcore band where like you know 12 minute album with 30 songs kind of shit you know that kind of stuff okay in that sort of tradition of the early Napalm death records and stuff like that. And so, but over the years, you know, especially on the last three albums, things have gotten a lot more technical. And, and the, the big, and a big addition is Travis Ryan's sing screaming vocals that, mm-hmm. that he adds, which is a very unique thing, especially in the genre. Lots of people hate it. I can imagine. But to me, it is, it's fucking amazing. And so it adds a whole other layer to the songwriting and to the storytelling. And it makes this to me, one of my, one of the best extreme metal albums start to finish. Cause it's, it's an album. It, ha, you know, it's an, it start, it's a work of art in its entirety. It's very clearly like themed throughout. Right. So Yeah. Right. And, and my other, you know, my other favorite death metal band probably is is Suffocation. And Suffocation Live is unstoppable. Maybe one of the best live bands ever. Certainly one of the best live death metal bands. But their albums are like just collections of cool songs. Mm. And that's how a lot of death metal is. Okay. This is not that. <laughs> right, right. And that these have hooks. They have fucking hooks, like yeah. real fucking hooks. So, yeah. So I, f- I fucking love that. Awesome. <laughs> so how did it, how did it hit you? Not really being it, not really being like your 
Yeah, so I your vibe, you know. Yeah, it's not my vibe at all. It's not like it's 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 blast beats and it's it's uh uh oh god, what tremolo, tremolo picking? I was like fucking. I was <laughs> want to do the fast stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say sweep, and that's sweep tremolo picking. That's different. That'd, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's not my vibe at all, and it is. Uh, I'm sure that there are like multitudes of right. So what is this? What is this beer I'm drinking right now? Okay, one sec. So it's an old-fashioned St. Arnold's. Okay. It's basically an English barley wine base with shit on top of it. It's one of the best beers I've ever had. And so they they were limited edition, and whenever I see them at HEB, I just grab a lunch. I see. Yeah. This is nice. They don't make them anymore, basically. They made them once. Whoa. So I just I got a lot of them. They're really good. Yeah. Something that's like this how to say it like heavy but that that orange peel in it or yeah. whatever really kind of lightens it up and barley wine is already sweet as it is it's like 13 percent or something it's 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 real good it reminds me of there's a dogfish head uh midas touch yep. mead yeah 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 that this is sort of similar to that yeah there's similarities there so it's real good anyway that's that's rad as shit so yeah, you were talking about the the the, the sweepy deepy, the sweep picking. Well, so so there's that. That's the obvious stuff. Yeah, the sweepy deepy. Give mm-hmm. me give me some of that sweepy deepy. Uh, so that's that's the the sort of surface level stuff, right? That you just hear immediately. I'm sure that there are like uh, there are uh, all sorts of smaller touches along the way that I that are totally going over my head mm-hmm. in terms of what an extreme metal album or a grindcore album or grindcore. Uh, Death. What do you fuck do you call it? Death grind. Death grind. I was gonna say grind death, and you death grind. Uh, what this sort of album can offer. Well, and that's sort of what's interesting too about them is that because of the incorporation of that pseudo clean singing, it's not really death grind anymore. It's just cattle decapitation. Okay. So they. That's cool. Because of the incorporation of that element, they transcend extreme they transcend that genre transcend the genre yeah because there's other death grind bands like that are that are just as technical play at the same kind of speeds but the songwriting is very different because there's not there's no way to have real choruses and real hooks real vocal hooks right in the same way and you know bands like aborted which i love benighted which i love but it's so those are your more those are your more standard death grind bands Okay. Or stand, standard is it's a real I don't know. Cuz there there if there there's there's there might be one day someone who's listening to this who's like their head is exploding right now, you know, and they're like no. Abort aborted is putrid convalescent tech death. They're post tech death or something. I don't know. Right, right. Um all I can say is I'm a big fan of all the shit. But 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 yeah, just just as a little a, a, a note on on that kind of shit, how how unique this record is amongst even that genre, right, right, because of because they write real fucking songs. <laughs> no, I can totally see that. Like that's because I don't want to denigrate it as like a genre because I'm I'm not into it, so I don't know it. But you can say what you don't. If you can say if there's something as your interpretation of what you right. feel that you don't like about it, no, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Okay. 
No, so most of it to me just sounds like a wall, like a literal wall of sound. Mm-hmm. Like just do the fastest thing on whatever instrument you have available and do it a bunch and do it a lot and do like the three notes in a row over and over again for like five minutes straight. Okay. And that's what it generally sounds like. Mm-hmm. And there are things in here where I'm like, okay, this is obviously a bit more dynamic. And that's part of the reason there. Right. So I'm wondering, like, do you do you find this to be like the direction that you want other bands in the genre to go in? If they can do it well, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I I because that's like the, it it uh, it unequivocally adds something to me. Yeah. To it, well, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To me. And and I guess I guess that because this is the other thing too is that the way that Travis Ryan incorporates it. It feels very sincere. It feels very unique. It feels very organic. And it somehow still fits the aesthetic of the music because there are some bands that play very extreme, very fast. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you break into some clean singing for a chorus. And that that can be a little jarring. And that and so like there's yeah. there's like some sort of some metalcore bands or or some death I'm sure there's some deathcore bands that do that kind of thing. So just imagine, you know, like blast beats and breakdowns and then like you know, yeah. and and that's not that doesn't really do it for me. Okay. So I've always found that very strange when I do come across it. Like I don't listen to that that sort of music very much, but when I do or when I've heard it and that sort of thing happens it always makes me wonder like why did you and maybe this is part and parcel with the fucking name of the genre or whatever but like why did you go to these extremes why couldn't you find a better way to yeah meld them better or, right or, and, but it's like you took you literally like have a patchwork quilt of these different types of music that you just put together and and that's going to be our interpretation on it because we grew up right very much in like a metal kind of uh lane and yeah. so, you know, we can talk at length about how mad we were when metal, when the metalcore scene in Houston took off and <laughs> how, and so that whole thing, it, to us, as outsiders to that culture, really, yeah. it seemed very forced, it seemed very generic, it seemed very insincere. I mean, at but, the time, it felt like we were just old people already. Right, at 24. Totally, yeah. And so, or 22 even. And so, so I don't want to, I don't want to like shit on any of that. Right. Um, and just because, because it's something I don't get. Exactly. You know, like that's what I say. Like, I'm sure there's a bunch here that I'm just totally right. Whiffing on. And so like another example of an extreme metal band that, that incorporated some clean, clean singing. I mean, when I say clean singing, I mean some singing that has a note and, into it was um, Nile did it on a few songs on one of their records called At the Gates of Setu. And that's my favorite, probably my favorite Nile record. They only did it on like two songs on the record. Maybe just one. I think two though. Universally lambasted and this- as their worst record. And I think it's I t- it's my favorite. It's probably my favorite one. That's cool. Um, it's up there. It's up there. One or two. I'm a huge Nile fan as well. So... Uh, you could say that they're uh, they're in denial of how yeah man the quality of, of how good that is yeah and so I think there are I I wish I I won't be mad if extreme bands that that have blast beats 
and all the all the crazy things that go on with extreme metal and they find ways of incorporating melodic melodic vocals that fits with the vibe of their music. I mm-hmm. won't be mad about that. I mean, because I and maybe the reason that resonates with me is because one of my first exposures to extreme metal was Emperor. And Emperor does that shit seamlessly. Mm. So that might be why I'm like, well, of course this is okay. Because it fucking happened on Anthems to the Welkin at dusk in 1997. Of course this is okay. So that might be sort of why it doesn't hit me as being, you know. Right. Whereas like some people who are a little older than me hate shit, hate that shit. Because they grew up listening to like Death and Morbid Angel and Cannibal Corpse. Like that was their introduction to, and suffocation. And that was their introduction to extreme music right and so or maybe people who are even a little older who were slipknot functioned as like their corn it was like their gateway and right. so when they hear melody they're like oh that's that shit i liked in junior high that's like <laughs> yeah and so it, it it tracks as something different to them whereas it doesn't for me it 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 adds to like the the emotional complexity to me yeah that makes sense to me yeah, so yeah, I, I'm I'm not gonna say it hits that for me, but I can see how you get there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's another thing I will say about Cattle Decapitation, and since we're talking about the vocals a lot, uh-huh. Travis Ryan sounds exactly like that live. Oh, interesting. He pulls that shit off live. Interesting. So that's another. Kudos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing that's like really impressive. So, yeah. Um, I feel like I'm violating some code right here, but um, go on. I've never had like more hesitancy to say something I thought about saying before. Um, <laughs> so, sometimes the drummer, Dave McGraw, is a little sloppy live, though. <laughs> My monocle just hit the floor. But what's really interesting inside of the metal community, because I was watching a live video, like a live, like this is just a single camera. It's the whole set live, like a 40 minute. And I was like, mm. you know, like some, <laughs> some, some of the, cause you know, the kicks are triggered. It's loud. It's very clear. You, if it's, if it's anything less than perfect, that's the thing too, that sucks is this standard is so high. Sure. In extreme metal, right? And for, for extreme metal drumming live right now, it's you have to be perfect. Right. And so, but I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, and then I like, well, let me go look at the comments because surely it's YouTube. Surely someone is just going ape shit about this. Mm-hmm. All the comments were about how good the singer sounded. And then I get like all the way down to the bottom. And then it's like, man. David is so great at sometimes a little sloppy live. And and lots of people were like defending him and were like, well, you know, man, he was really tired. He maybe might be tired. <laughs> he had it jet was, lag, man. He had like a food poisoning, you know. This was in Australia, and... you know, da, 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 you know, his pedal settings might have been weird. Is this like everyone was just being so nice and so like defensive about it? Which if you, which is very different because Dave McGraw is like a 
big metal looking dude with uh-huh. like a beard and he's, he's a big dude. If you see someone, but if someone was like a little, someone is like a kid with gauges and they're sloppy live, that comment, that comment section looks a lot different hmm. because the metal community is toxic as shit <laughs> in some very specific ways. Yeah. So, uh, but I thought that that was really, really interesting because everyone wants to like talk shit on like, like there's this band called Infant Annihilator. Yeah. And uh, Aaron, Aaron, uh, I can't think. I'm Kitchener something. I might, I might be mixing him up. I might be totally fucking that name up. I think I've heard that name before. So, so, but yeah, but there's lots of people that are like, oh, he's not really playing that fast. And they'll like look at live shit that he does or whatever and like, look, he's clearly not doing this. It's just in it. But it's, it's because he's a fucking, it's because he's a kid. You know, he's like 20 and he has like gauges and he's like has a fucking hair. You know what I mean? Like he's he doesn't seem like he's culturally metal. Sure. So people come out of the woodwork to shit on him. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's just it's one of those weird double standards in the metal, the metal community. But yeah. But yeah, man, well, fucking love that record. Awesome. Awesome. So. uh, Yeah. All right. So we want to talk about next. You want to talk about warning, or you want to talk about your records? It's up to you. You you pick. I'll do other. Okay. Well, we got it out right here. So. All right. So yeah, this was a cool fucking record. I quite like this record. I'm really glad <laughs> because I've shown it to other people, and have and I've been like, this is one of my favorite records I've heard in several <laughs> years, and this record reached inside of me and fucked with me. And they've been like, I can't really get into it. <laughs> hmm. And so that you really liked it, I'm, 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 because I'm very, I'm very, I'm, that makes me very happy. Sweet. That makes me very happy. Sweet. Glad I could oblige. So I guess like last year, slash earlier this year, and I mean, it happens in waves, right? I was like, okay, let me like really dig into doom metal. And I and this was sort of like my second. I did it a few years ago, but then I like dug in again. And this is always in like the top ten or top fifteen doom metal albums, right? Oh, all of like rankings that people put mm-hmm. out. Okay, gotcha. And I was like, oh fuck it, let's give it a spin. And then I listened to it, and I was listening to the first track, like while I was like working, you know. And I was like, this is pretty rad. This is pretty great. Like this is. This is interesting enough musically, but it has this really like droney thing going on. Mm-hmm. This like meditative like trance, but it's very. But there's enough like little things to where this doesn't feel. This isn't basic, right? Like this is really well written. You want to tell me, or do you want to tell me what? It remind, do you want to tell me what it reminds me of? <laughs> I'll tell you what it reminds. How about I tell you what it reminds me of? Uh, it, it I liken it a lot to uh, Fear Inoculum. Actually, it's a very similar record in that specific way, where it is very droning. It is very drawn mm. out. Everything's mm-hmm. very long. They do things a lot, but it's very well like constructed. Interestingly constructed. Yeah. To, to my mind. Right. And so I listened to it the first time, and I was like, "This is great," and I like this vibe. And because the songs are so long, you know, like the first track, it goes for like two or three minutes. Before the vocals come in, yeah, I thought it was instrumental. I didn't know. Um, you want? 
And then the vocals came in, and I was like, I don't know about this. Same. <laughs> big fucking same. The first note here I have is not the voice I expected to come out of this album. Nope. Uh, I didn't look this guy up, but I picture an old, frail, bald man just belting this. Maybe Gandhi? Question mark? <laughs> and so, and and I was like, man, I don't know. And I almost stopped it. I, almost, I was <laughs> oh, like, that's man. enough. Oof. And so, but I listened, I, I listened to it. I kept listening to it. I listened to the whole record while I was like working and stuff. And then it, and then it repeated. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's, whatever. It's good vibe. Let's let it go again. <laughs> go again, you fucking weirdos. And after I got acclimated to the voice, after I just got used to it, mm-hmm. then when I heard the second song, Footprints, the second time, I, I was in tears. I was weeping. Man. I had to stop what I was doing because it was fucking with my soul. And like those fucking lyrics, man, of let's see, what is it? Yeah, it's footprints. Like, you know, here I am, wide open, surrendering to your side. I've laid down my armor. I have no sword at my side. I leave behind me the ruins of the fortress I swore to defend. I leave behind me foundations. I leave you a man I'll need you to mend. And through all the battles around me, I never believed I would fight. Yet here I stand, a broken, sh- a broken soldier, shivering naked in your winter light. That fucking, and I mean in the way that he sings it. Yeah. It fucking broke me, dude. It fucking broke me, man. Uh, wow. And that is one of the things that I find so charming and endearing about this record. And why this has become one of my favorite records is because it felt like he is saying these things because he needs to say them. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, it really, really feels that way. Charming is a very good way to describe this record, weirdly enough. Mm-hmm. Like, it wouldn't be the first thing as soon as I heard it, but after listening to the entire thing, that's a great, that's a great descriptor. And it's like, it's almost quaint in a weird way. It's just, it's because they're, they're British, I think, right? Yes. They feel very British. They feel quaint and British in, in this really strange, uh-huh. like, almost like D&D ish sort of way. Okay. But it's way more refined mm. than you might expect. So, mm-hmm. Some of the, the notes that I put about the... Well, okay. Yeah. A few more notes here. Uh, I like his dirty screams, <laughs> which could go many different ways. Um, uh, I dig the chord progressions, the dour vocal melodies, and the overall vibe. What do you as, mean by that dour vocal melodies? Well, just like the, the melodies that he's that he's singing. I, I, I don't know this word, dour. Dour is like uh, uh, so sort of sad and sort of down okay. and sort of depressed, I guess, in a way. Okay. Uh, there's probably a better synonym there, but and the the melodies are real, like they're not, they're almost like not real melodies. Yeah, they're just like progressions. Yeah, like you can't really like grab onto them, and you know they're, they're the right. melodies aren't really hooks. They're, yeah, exactly. They're not hooks. They're not meant to be repeated over and over. Right. It's just like I have some shit I need to say, so I'm gonna say it in time and in key. It's it's almost like spoken word. Yeah. In a weird way. Yes. Um. So. For the lyrics, I have a uh, preface. I am not typically one for lyrical interpretation, which I'm just not. 
Uh, but the lyrics strike me as being rather elegant, simple, but effective, not overly flowery or cryptic. Mm. And I think they do a good job of like getting across what this dude is going for. But you don't have to like sit there and piece it all together. Like, what is he actually trying to say here? It's very clear to me. Yeah. But it's, it's really effective. That's a really good way of describing it because he does a real, the, the lyrics have a really good mix of emotion and imagery. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that that's something, you know, I mean, what is it? In um Yeah, like in that same song, Footprints, the the second verse, you know, or even the the first line is I'm not feeling the green burning burning flame. Yeah. Even just that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Even just that. Like it's there's imagery and emotion. Mm-hmm. And and so normally you don't you don't. I mean, even just the lyric, "I'm feeling," you know that that that's not very common. I don't. I don't feel. <laughs> and 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 and, it, and, it, and it's 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 interesting too because I, I remember, in like the songs that all severed wrote when I when I as a lyricist when I first start to experiment with imagery and things like that, and. Because you're trying to sort of paint a picture that feels the same way as the as the emotion you're feeling. Because you don't want to say like I am mad, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> I so mad. Yeah, <laughs> and so I would have looked at something like a lyric, but I'm afraid of the way that I'm feeling. Afraid of this new understanding now, as like that by itself, I would have looked at that as almost clunky as, as kind of blunt. Yeah. It's a bit too straightforward and unsophisticated as a lyric. But then the next line is afraid of the beauty within me. Afraid of that. I are. And that which I hold within my hand. So, but then when you read all four of those lines together, it takes on a different meaning. But I'm afraid of the way that I'm feeling. It's like, okay, whatever. You just tell you just literally telling me shit. <laughs> afraid of this new understanding now. Um, what does that even mean? Afraid of the beauty within me. And it's like, oh, that's where you're going. That's and then all of a sudden, that has a completely different feeling, a completely different emotional, like afraid of beauty within. Like that's yeah. <clears throat> I've I've never heard lyrics articulate something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were some that stood out to me, but I don't really remember where they were. And so, but, but yeah, and so I I t- today even I went and I was like, well, let me see what their other stuff is like because they this album was released in two thousand six six. And goddamn, man, how about the fucking production on this record? Because it's fantastic. I wasn't sure. I was like, was it 2013 or 2006? I don't know why I thought it was like, might have been 2013, but it's, I just feel like this album is just such a fucking, like, I don't know. Like, it feels so pure and so sincere and so, like, this is exact. And it, it feels like a real band, too. Like, there, there's a real sort of, you know, like you didn't like 
it's perfect in the way that people rehearsing in a room and and only the way that people rehearsing in a room with each other for months at a time can be perfect. Sure. The performances. Sure. Do, do you know which one of these al- which album of theirs this is? Is this like their second album or their fifth or I think it's technically their second or their third. Okay. There was another album they did that came out in 99 and I listened to a little bit of that today and that sound it sounds it's there's a charm to it but it sounds a lot more I don't know basic. I don't like whatever genre this is, whatever like subgenre of doom this is, it sounds like a more basic version of that. Right. Okay. So this this strikes me even just like looking at it like the packaging, the the theming and how like everything coalesces very well. Yeah. It feels like they knew exactly what they wanted this to be and they did it. Yeah. It like I and I've come across other albums like that. Like uh I remember when we saw Baroness for the first time mm-hmm. and I walked out of there, I was like, I liked I liked their first album, the red album, but this new stuff, it feels like they finally found what they want to be. Mm. It finally found like it, it feels like they found what they want to sound like. Right. This is what like even not having ever heard their other albums. It feels like this is what this and is, and that's how they that's how the other album I listened to sort of felt. Is it is that, that, after having hear, heard this, is it's like okay, this was y'all trying to figure out how to get to here, and they haven't done an album since then. Since no this. shit, oh man, wow. And so, but they they do have a a live recording of this album coming out next month. Whoa, okay. Of, <laughs> of um them performing this album in its entirety at Roadburn the Roadburn Festival in 2017. So, so that's... Haven't done another album in 15 years, but about to put out a live version of this one. Of this album. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. So that's sort of what they, you know, because I think that this record, it took a while for it to sort of... Like catch on? Yeah. Okay. And so I think that at some point they started getting all these requests and demands to come and do festivals and shit because this record now has this huge underground following. Oh, that's fucking cool. And so, you know. Like but, maybe they had maybe they had thought about hanging it up or something at some point. And, and I, I think they essentially did, but they just. what it sounds like. But they just, but they'll like just go and do this stuff again, you wow. know? And I listened to some live shit they'd done in like 2010, like live version of uh, Bridges. Yeah, the song Bridges on here. And it's it somehow feels even more intense live because it it feels like it's so like slow and just like the drums are just so behind. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it yeah. feels like the like on the rec on this record, it just feels slow. Like it's like, man, this is just a slow, heavy song. But live, it's like these drums aren't gonna make it, <laughs> and and it feels like the band is about to fall apart at any second. <laughs> right, right. In the exact opposite way that slay that live old live Slayer felt like it was gonna fall apart. Right, it was always pulling you forward and forward and about to explode. Right, right. Like this feels like the exact it it has a very similar feeling. Uh, and and so like there's like this tension of like this is always about to fall apart, but then it never does. And since the songs are like 10 the songs are like 10 minutes long, when you you know, when you get to like the climax of the song, like it's it's it's, it's a, it feels like an experience. It's affecting, yeah. So Wow. So yeah, I'm super stoked for the the live record. I, I might or might not have already pre-ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's that's something I wouldn't frown on pre-ordering. I feel like that seems like if they came out of pseudo retirement, like to do that, they probably uh, they probably really really wanted to. Yeah, I, it, I like to imagine that these guys have been like uh, sheep farmers on the <laughs> in the English countryside for the past decade. <laughs> It's like Taking we did, care of my flock in Bristol. Yeah, like we did what we wanted to do. Let's just go tend the tend the flock now. Yeah, it's it's so it's it's the kind of record that I want to aspire to do. Like a a timeless, a timeless piece of sincere art. Sincere art that doesn't that feels like sincere art, but doesn't feel like schlocky or or uh, saccharine or anything. It doesn't feel. What do you mean by that? It doesn't feel like you're trying too hard for the sake of trying too hard to be that. Oh, so, so you mean, you mean. So the, the lyrics and everything and the delivery, it mm-hmm. feels like it just is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So to, to try to put a, uh, an example of something that we might interpret mm-hmm. as something that's trying to track as sincere, but isn't really sincere, you know, maybe. If you have like shitty recording quality on purpose. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Like that kind of thing. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Is that what you're getting that's, at? That's one. Or just having like overly, overly done lyrics that are trying way too hard to be way too expressive. That that sort of thing. I don't have a good example. Okay. Okay. But I know, I know bullshit when I hear it. Okay. I, this, <laughs> this is not bullshit. Yeah. 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 It, it's really interesting though, too, is like how, how, like how things track as sincere yeah. As you know, because something, I don't know. Sometimes you can just tell, I feel like this, this is the sort of thing where I feel like people wouldn't, these guys were nerds in school. I'm almost positive. Mm-hmm. Like people didn't give them a chance is what I feel like. But they, or they looked at what they were trying to do, like rush. They feel like rush in a weird way. I see what you're saying. You know, well, what, what I, I will, to, to me, there's almost like, there's almost two, this is I'm making very painting with very broad strokes here. Big brush. But if I think back, especially to when we were playing live a lot as all as all severed in our final form in the mid 2000s, metal bands seemed to fall into two categories. And when I say metal bands, I mean I mean anyone who was playing heavy with screams and loud drums and fast drums and whatever. And those were bands that that the music was written with the audience in mind and those were bands where the music was written without the audience in mind and and we were definitely in the like we don't give a fuck about the audience yeah at all and then and so whenever we were we whenever we were playing with a band that seemed to really like it's like, okay, well, you just put this fucking part in because you knew people would dance to it. It's like you're a fucking dance band. <laughs> that was how it hit us at the time. And it was mm-hmm. like, this isn't... And it, at the time, it made us very angry because it's it's like you're borrowing from the art that we worship. You're using pieces of what we do and you're making throwaway fucking dance music with it. Gun 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 gun. Digga dun dun dun. Gun 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 ka ka ka. Boo doo doo bee doo. Gun 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 gun. 
And then we break down the breakdown. <laughs> and it 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 yes. just it felt but this is the thing. We're just coming out of it. We just have a different cultural perspective. And our music developed by itself, isolated in the goddamn woods of Kinefic, Texas. We didn't we weren't part of a dance culture. There wasn't a live <clears throat> music scene that yeah. we were a part of. And that's why we felt that way. Yeah. If you if we were a band that 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 were that grew up being part of uh, a music scene that had a dance culture with it, we would have probably written different music. Sure. I mean, I think there was also some aspect of like, okay, these guys are doing this thing to get this exact reaction. Yeah. They're doing it for that purpose. Not right. because they think it sounds cool or they think it's good music. They, they want the reaction. Yeah. And fuck that. Yes. But actually, so what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with it's like- It's totally fine, turns out. <laughs> yeah, it's totally, like it's, I mean- you know, it's totally great to make music. There's, there's, in a way, there's nothing better to, that you can do as a musician than make music that people want to dance that to. That gets a reaction out of somebody. Yeah, like, like yeah, yeah. And so, we were stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and and so, but I think that's one of the reasons I really, I I feel like this music was not made for anyone else, but the dudes in this band. I'd agree with that. And that's one of the reasons I find it so charming and endearing and yeah. all, all of those words yeah i'm surprised there are three people in this band it feels like five that's a solid fucking point yeah man i didn't i didn't realize that either yeah i just looked a minute ago and i was like okay it's because it's huge it feels yeah it feels big and it, sprawling and yeah yeah so well, we didn't really talk about this dude's vocals this dude's vocals are fucking <laughs> un, out of control uh it, i don't really know i don't really know what to liken it to <laughs> <laughs> but we totally <laughs> we hit on it for just a second. But the way this guy sings and then screams every so often, he's got these dirty screams with like some some funk on it. Uh huh. <laughs> and they're they're really good. They're really good screams, like distorted screams. But his voice—I don't know how to describe his voice—but it sounds like uh, I don't know. It just sounds like a weird like. A businessman trying to—I sc- don't know how to say it really. Yeah, yeah. There's it's a, there's like a there's a there's a na- it doesn't sound particularly powerful. No, it's kind of nasal. There's like a nasal quality to it, yeah. and it's it's very like a lot of mids in it or something. Yeah, yeah. The way that I'm be, you know, like it's yeah. It 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 is not what you would describe as a good singing voice. No, and that's why that's why I almost fucking. Gave up the ghost the first time. I mean, if you hadn't recommended this as an album to listen to for doing this, I probably would have done the same thing. I would have yeah. been like, eh, I don't really think so. But And it, it, that, that's a really interesting example just about how sort of vocals can kind of function in general as they, they like vocals can be a motherfucking stiff arm to say this ain't for you. Yeah. Because how many times have you have you heard someone say that about a genre of music? Oh, a ton. And I've experienced it a ton too. Where I'm like, as soon as the singer comes in and it's like, I, I, there's uh, many different types, but I'm just like, I just don't need this. Right. I'm good. Right. Thank you. Right. Oh, the music's good. Or the beats are good. The music's good. Blah, blah, blah. I just don't like all that. I just don't like all that cursing. That's something yeah. you'll hear people say a lot about like hip hop and rap. I just don't like all that, all that, all that dirty language. And it's like, yeah, cause it's not fucking for you. You know? Um, or 
or if it's like Adam Levine, you just don't want to hear that guy. You just don't want to hear him. <laughs> you know, no one, no one wants that. <laughs> oh man, Adam Levine. <laughs> so a really, really funny thing happened once. There is this movie that I'm blanking on the name of it, but it has Keira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo, like Begin Again or something. It has okay. it, it has some name that's sort of generic-ish like that. Um, really, really great movie. And there's a male, another male lead in in the movie. <laughs> okay. Um, and so it's it's a it's a musical kind of thing, like where like Kira Knightley and her boyfriend are writing songs and da 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 da, and, oh, her, okay. and then her boyfriend like gets, you know, and and Mark Ruffalo is like a music exec kind of thing, and and like the the boyfriend gets a big opportunity and kind of like takes their songs and goes and gets famous and blah 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 blah, and so we're sitting there watching this movie, me and Allison, and I say like, man, this guy's voice really sounds like. It's like it really sounds like he's trying to like be in between the singer from Maroon Five and Rufus Wainwright or something. And Allison goes like, "Well, it is Adam Levine." And I'm like, "Who the fuck's Adam Levine?" <laughs> so I was like, "I know who the fuck Adam Levine is." So we're just trying to sound like the guy from Maroon Five, <laughs> Mister Five. Yeah. So I, I that that that's who it was. That's and I, good. And I had no idea that that was. Um, that's who that is. That that was the the singer in Maroon Five. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so speaking of shit talking, Adam Levine, it happens. But uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, that's a great album. So, but yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Was, uh, vocals being a barrier to something like people say with metal and shit all the time. Yes, and it's like, yeah, man, it's because they ain't fucking for you. You know, like those those, and it's it's almost interesting how those extreme extreme vocals are almost like a warning sign. They're like a cultural signifier of like this this is an in group. You got to, you know, and if this doesn't resonate with you, like yeah. you know, get the fuck out. And so that's this it's almost like this record because of the vocals not being easily palatable. Is that the right word? Yeah. Okay. I mix up palatable and palpable sometimes. But because of the vocals not being, you know, easy to grab a hold of. Accessible, digestible. Yeah. 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 Because of the vocals not being that, it makes you have to work a little bit and yeah. then you get invested and then you let the fucking record in and then you're able to sort of feel it for what it is. Yeah. It's almost, it wouldn't be good if the vocals were better, quote unquote. It wouldn't have that feeling of being this unique, sincere, because it's like, yeah, he doesn't have a great voice. He's like, but I have to fucking do this. I know that I, I know that my voice. <laughs> it's like you know he knows what he sounds like. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 totally. yeah. Like he, he knows that he's not like a gonna be auditioning for an R and B cover band. He knows this. It's not deep and silky. It's like <laughs> high and like tinny, or like, yeah, you know, kind of tight and yeah. Right. It doesn't sound like he's projecting well. It doesn't sound like he has the best technique, even. But he's like, I, I, I have to fucking do this. What do you fucking want from me? <laughs> so just don't. I'm not making you listen to it. I didn't even invite you here. Yeah. I don't even. Please don't we, buy my record. We stopped making albums after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah. is all that I wanted. Clearly, I don't think highly <laughs> of my vocal performances. So, 
Right. So anyway, oh, so yeah, shit. there's 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 Ricky's Ricky's picks of recent music. Rick's picks. Rick's picks. And so uh, we'll go on now to Rob's throbs. It's like it's like heart throbs or like like a pants throbs. Something throbs. It has okay. it has to be pants okay. throbs. Like a like a bulge. Okay. So yeah, so let's talk about the two records two records that you picked. Yeah, so the two records that I picked were uh, we have Return to the Sauce by Infected Mushroom, and we have. That's not the one you sent me, bro. Not, oh, I, I sent you Converting Vegetarians too. Yes. By Infected Mushroom. Yes. I, I listened to a lot of Infected Mushroom. Okay. To be fair, I was I was trying to pick between three different ones. Okay. So we did in Converting Vegetarians too, uh, which came out in twenty fifteen or sixteen. I think sixteen. Part along in there. And uh, the newest album by the Avalanches, which is called We Will Always Love You. Uh, both roughly an hour and 20 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> extremely long albums. Like uh, they're motherfucking CD long albums. Like they're like nine CDs in the 90s long albums. Like we got to we have to cram every fucking minute of the CD or people aren't going to feel like they're getting their $19 right. worth. These may have been double albums, both. I, I feel like they're right under. <clears throat> OK, they're, they're, you could. But on, I mean, if you were gonna, yeah, it's, it's they're double vinyl though. If you want to get fucking vinyl, fair. But yeah. that's vinyl's a different animal. Fair. Uh, I yeah, I'm. Um, I don't know where to start with these. Like, I am very very curious to hear what you thought about them. But All right. I, I am. <laughs> I just a little bit of backstory, I guess. I discovered Infected Mushroom when a friend who I played WoW with way back in 2004 showed them to me. Okay. Uh, the first album I heard was uh. Uh, Vicious Delicious. Okay, and that, is, that's like their big one. I think that's a, probably their biggest one. And that one came out in like the mid-2000s? It was 03, 04, somewhere along okay. there, I think. Okay. I think it was brand new when I heard it. And okay. that is a hell of an album. That Because you showed them to me before at some point with the um, track, I Think I'm Going Insane. It's on that album, yeah. I, I, I'm Becoming Insane. Becoming Insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, and since then, yeah, I've just been into them kind of constantly, and they just keep putting out cool shit. And so, a little bit. So there, I was kind of surprised to find that they were a duo. They're a duo with like a sort of a backing touring band in mm -hmm. a way. Uh, they're Israeli, which is of note. It comes right. up a lot in their music, surprisingly, in in weird ways. Uh, just talking about, I don't know, how she likes shawarma, and she's Israeli, and she's not an alien. Well, and what's interesting to it, what's interesting, one of the interesting things about it to me is that there's a lot of seeming new age influences. Yeah. If you don't know that they're Israeli. Because, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because a lot of like new age stuff is all about sort of like borrowing these Middle Eastern-ish sounding right. melodies or timbres or instruments. And so knowing they're Israeli, like like it it was I didn't I didn't know that until yesterday when I was like, <laughs> let me just fucking Google these. Let me just like get a kind of peripheral awareness because I never heard of him until you showed them to me. Uh -huh. And so for all I knew, I was like, oh, this is a band that no one knows about. And this is a dude in his fucking <laughs> basement in New Jersey that has this weird underground following. And could be, yeah. And but it's like, no, man, like they're they're like one of the best selling artists in Israel or some shit like that. Yeah. Because, you know, they have a huge international audience. 
there's they have tons of fucking records. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. I don't I don't really know what kind of genre they fall into because they do all sorts of weird shit, but they're like EDM very very broadly. Right. There were some interesting but they, they use a lot of guitars though. A lot, and they do. So and they show up in really interesting ways. Um, yeah. But there there were some interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because there uh, were some interesting genre tags for them on oh, the Wikipedia page. Yeah, I bet. Um, psychedelic trance, electro house, electronica, dream trance, electronic rock, glitch hop, <laughs> progressive psytrance. Oh yeah, you know what? Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, it's all in there. So, um, so yeah, so you got what? What year did you say you got into them? Like oh four, roughly two thousand four. Okay, two thousand four. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, because yeah, Vicious Delicious came out in oh seven though. Oh okay, well maybe not then. Maybe it was later. It was a little later. It, it must have been oh seven, or maybe that album was like coming out and got leaked on the internet. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it was earlier than that. Okay, but. Either way, it was somewhere around there. Sure. Yeah. Gotcha. So, and so you've been a follower of them since then, more or less? Yeah, I'd say that. I've listened to pretty much, so they they put out an album that was, it had some sort of weirder, more seemingly pandering stuff. Okay. That was like, uh, it was like, You Are So Fucked was the song. Okay. And it was this, it was just this kind of grating weird uh, appeal to like be a pop song in a weird way in a, in a very strange them way okay and it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way but over time I've like come around on that album a lot okay so everything they've put out basically I'm I really like a lot so that was gonna be one of my questions was how does this album um, converting vegetarians is that what it is converting vegetarians two two yeah how does that compare to their other albums? <laughs> uh, like, are the, all their other albums like because this record's all over the place? Their records are pretty all over the place. So okay. as time went on, they got more all over the place. If you go back to Converting Vegetarians One, for example, or some of the early stuff in like the late '90s, mid '90s, even early '90s, maybe they've been around for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's way more. You could take some of those genre tags like psy trance or house and shit. And they're very much that. Okay. They're way more straight ahead that with like a couple samples here and there, a couple of like vocal, think like white zombie uh, voice samples, movie samples and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Okay. Um, but very like 90s techno as you might have thought of it back then. Okay. You know, and as time went on, they introduced like live, uh, live instruments, mm-hmm. a lot more singing, a lot more okay. uh, variation in styles and things like that. Okay. So just kind of got weirder, and here we are. Yeah. Okay. The, their last probably four or five albums has sounded a lot like this, though. I see. So there's and so there was, so there's, it felt like listening to it, there was sort of, there were almost ambient tracks, and then there were also tracks that were sort of deliberate, almost psychedelic experiences, of sort of. You know that that had like you know very deliberate vocals and mm-hmm. really kind of like took you on a journey. Like the first track on the record is very much like that. But, yeah. And so I was like, I heard listen to that first track and I was like, oh, strap the fuck in. <laughs> <laughs> so so the first track is uh, she's a Remit. Yeah. And it's uh, 
it's the shit that I was referencing earlier when he's like, he's just talking about, hey, he's not an alien and, and she's she's Israeli and she likes shawarma and just complete all over the fucking place. But the whole time his voice is modulating up and down and yeah. through these filters and shit every, every time. And it just goes all over the place. And every single aspect of it, from the content to the sounds to the like production, is just like a wild ride. So what I wrote, and this is mostly from the first track. <laughs> okay. Was delightfully absurd and miraculously coherent. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it somehow works. It somehow flows together. Like, because there's constant changes in, in feel and and instrumentation and vibe and it it's it somehow works and then the other thing I, I said was like it's incredibly inspiring how many different places this music goes but still feels coherent and and engaging to listen to yeah yeah so you still like feel pulled along for the ride even though the ride is going all over the fucking place which is really difficult to pull off uh, yeah totally and i think i think that actual that particular aspect probably comes from where they started which was in like house and stuff mm, like that sure so in that kind of music you have a lot of like let's let's drone on for a little while and then let's do a build-up and then we drop that into something else mm. and do the same thing and it's a lot of that's a lot of build-ups and releases build-ups and drops that makes sense uh and they still do that in these songs but these songs are not explicitly that kind of music Right, yeah, the drop might be just into something, into a left turn, like yeah. into something weird, into a new place, but there's still, yeah, it doesn't... D during the build-up, they might build up this weird, like, synth, like, boop, 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 and then it drops into some form of that, which goes into the next part of the song, or, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. it's really hard to describe, but it's, that, that, uh, that pattern remains a lot. Right. And so, um... <laughs> So yeah, I asked like you know like are all their albums like this or whatever. So why did you pick this album of of all of the available ones of which you are familiar? Yeah, so I was gonna pick Return to the Sauce, which is which was another one from I think it came out after this. Um, but I felt like so I listened to all these the other day to decide which one to pick. Mm -hmm. I listen to them all the time anyway, but I wanted to like get them all in my head in a row like what that. What am I going to subject Richard to? Exactly. So I picked this one because I felt like it was probably had the best chance of making a good impression, to be honest, because some of their stuff is just way more, um, way more like intentionally weird, I guess, in a way. Okay. Or maybe more difficult to, like they don't want to hold your hand a lot of times. Okay. They're not really trying to. They're just trying to make something that feels good a lot. I see what you're saying. And that maybe that kind of feels like it, it's at odds with what I just said, but mm -hmm. um, this one felt the most accessible, I guess, okay. of the recent ones. Like, I gotta ease him in. So, yeah, sort of. That's what I was trying to go for anyway. But this, I mean, this is not exactly the kind of band you can easily ease someone into, also. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I don't know. Some stupid highlights. They have a song called Pink Freud. <laughs> Okay. But it's F-O-R-I-D, uh -huh. and it just sounds like a Pink Floyd song. Nice. And that's just what they did there. Nice. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I of the two records, I, this is the one I, I only listened to like one and a half times. <laughs> only one and a half times. 
so we don't need to move on to it now. But once I got to avalanches, I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna <laughs> stay here. So that's kind of what I expected. So that's totally oh, okay. Cool. It, yeah. it was total chance that that I happened to listen to Infected Mushroom first. Great, so, perfect. But well, what, so, so I picked these two albums for, because of the dichotomy of them, partially. Sure. Because I had a sort of short list of albums I was picking from, and I figured these might pair well together, as mm, it were. Mm. Yeah. One other random note that I did put down about the Infected Mushroom album was. I'm not sure how I feel about some of these swing parts. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, I know you're talking about. So if the, the the first time that I heard it, I was like, okay, cool. But then there was like a song sort of in the middle that like really sits in it in a while. Where it's like, do, 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 That one? It's mostly like a, uh, it's mostly like a rhythmic thing. It's, it's, it's so, because they are doing very pure metronomically perfect swing okay okay there's no like drag to it there's no feel to it right 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 so you know so metronomically like so perfect swing quote unquote is when you're doing uh you know triplet swing you know so you have like one end, a two end, a three end, a four end, a one end, a two end, a three end, a four end, a one yeah. end, a two end, a three end. A you know, you're just, you're hitting those perfect triplets, you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And when you do it fast, it sounds, it can sound lame <laughs> <laughs> to me. It sounds, you know, the way that I've heard like a New Orleans drummer talk about it is like, because a lot of because I, I got really really into new orleans music about 10 years ago mm-hmm. and a lot of new orleans music and then even like a lot of hip-hop and stuff is it's sort of it doesn't have a perfect swing to it it has kind of a in the cracks right. kind of where it's you know it's not you know and it's not it's like yeah yeah you know and like that's where i like to live you know, and gotcha. so whenever I hear something that's like perfectly swung, even I don't even like perfect, you know what I mean? I don't like stuff that's perfectly straight either in like a funk, you know, context. I, I, I like there to be a little bit of a rub in there. Yeah. And so, but yeah, the way that I heard New Orleans drummer talk about like that. He's like, he's like, that's fucking Peter Cottontail shit, <laughs> you know, like hopping down the bony trail. I was like, no one fucking wants to listen to that. <laughs> so, um, it's like when it got into that section like that, it reminded me. It was like, oh yeah, this shit's made on computers. <laughs> and so, but I and I and and so like that's and it's only because whenever I hear things that are swung, I'm immediately thinking about things that are very organic and mm-hmm. very difficult to sort of pin down so it just that's why it tracked is a little weird for me when it got to when i was like okay y'all need to okay a little bit was fine you get you can give me 16 bars of this but this is mm, that's too much gotta wrap that shit up i I don't i don't want i don't want no more of this (laughs) so gotcha but um but yeah but i mean overall my impression is is like this is incredibly inspiring um, cool. Because it goes so many different places fearlessly, and it still feels it. It how to say it? Like you don't need to be in on the joke, and you could still 
enjoy this music. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Like they do, they do a lot of different things that they don't have to and probably shouldn't, but they make it work. Yeah, and and like it's like man, like this is weird and it's all over the place, but you could this would still work as live music in like a live in a live music venue or like and it does they they perform live with a full band so yeah that's great I would I would love to you see know. it sometime yeah so all right cool so let so you want to talk is, is there anything you want to add uh, I I guess the only weird thing the the only other thing about like they they go a lot of different places sort of fearlessly they have kind of done that a lot mm-hmm. at this point so if you listen to some of their older stuff or even since they have like two albums since then uh one of which is called like what nasa and the two amish boys i think which is fantastic <laughs> yeah uh uh a lot of it has that same vibe uh and they've just sort of been refining that for quite a while now mm. so it's not like this album in particular is particularly groundbreaking in that way but it's just it's all pretty well done. It's all done at a pretty high level. Would you say that they're one of those bands that sort of keep trying, have kept trying more or less to make the same record over and over again, but they've just gotten better at it? Maybe because, like, but I always I also always feel like I think there is probably some aspect of that because mm-hmm. they kind of do that exactly. But I also feel like they always have something new to do with it. Okay. Okay. They've always got some new weird ideas. They right. they do keep going back to the well on certain things because that's just the kind of songs that they make. I see. But yes. See. Yeah, and I don't mean that as like an insult. I consider right. that to be like the first fifteen years of like Opeth's career. <laughs> like they 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 were like all right. They kept trying to make like all right, man. This is this is almost this is almost Blackwater Park. <laughs> this right. is almost Blackwater Park. Okay. Like they just could, they kept trying, like they had all the elements they wanted to put together and they just like, all right, we're going to try again. <laughs> right. We're going to try again. We're going to try again. Ah, oh, shit. We found it. <laughs> I mean, if you've got something that that you believe in that, that heavily to keep trying like that, then right. who right, am right, I to right. stop you? So. Shit. Okay. So, uh, all right. The avalanches, uh, we will always love you is this album. So, uh, most people might know the Avalanches from the early 2000s, I forget what year, uh, single uh, Frontier Psychiatrist. Are you familiar? Mm-mm. You, you probably know it if you heard it, and there was, a, there was a pretty cool music video to go along with it, and it was kind of a big hit at the time, kind of a viral video sort of thing, uh, later on when, vid- when uh, YouTube videos became a thing. Um, and that album came out in, I think... You gonna play a little bit of it? See if I remember it. Okay. See if I know it. Okay. You probably heard it somewhere. I probably did, but it's not. You you, you may not know it, but yeah. you probably heard it. Gotcha. This song was kind of all over the place for a while. Gotcha. Um. Anyway, so that album was what? What does that say? 2002 oh, or something? Give me un segundo. Oh, sorry. I thought you were on there. I think it's like 2001 I or am, two. I am, but I have to go to that album to find the date. 2000. 2000, yeah. And that was their first album, I think. And they put out one uh, maybe 10 years ago, and then they put out this one. Yeah. when I, their, dis, their sort of arc and their discography was really interesting. 
also a duo. Also which, a duo. Yeah. Which I thought was 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 uh, interesting, and but they. So yeah, like, and both of these bands started around the same time, which I thought was an interesting yeah. thing. Um, almost all the bands that we picked started uh, started like around like ninety six to ninety eight, which is pretty pretty funny. Yeah. So, but yeah, so they had like, yeah, since I left you in two thousand, Wildflower in twenty sixteen, and then we will always love you in twenty twenty. Twenty sixteen. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so you don't think about a band that's had twenty year long career releasing three albums. Right. Right. Um. And so they're primarily like, uh, they're primarily producers, I think, mm-hmm. and, and sort of uh, remixers in a way. And they, they do a lot of sampling. They do a lot of uh, guest vocals and things like that on there. Right, 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 right. So like the genre tags, also great genre tags here on Wikipedia. Okay. Um, plunder phonics. <laughs> okay. I see. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Sample Delia. It's like psychedelia, but sample delia. And uh, so what I'm what I understood from sort of skimming through things is that their earlier work was almost entirely sample based. Yes. Yeah. But this record they used a lot more live instrumentation instead of, you know, still lots of samples, but but it was less about going and and digging to to find like the perfect sample to capture the vibe and, and yeah that was sort of what their earlier albums were known for it was like mm-hmm. they really did a lot of uh research and like legwork and stuff to dig mm-hmm. out these weird obscure samples that were exactly what they wanted right that sort of thing right uh and i don't know i, I think they still do that with this album uh, probably but uh yeah yeah, so this is the most of, of all the albums we've talked about, this is the one that is the most recent. It came out late last year, right? Yeah, like I, towards the end of the year. There. And so, were you waiting for this album? Were you already a fan? I didn't. I didn't know it was coming out until it, it was like a, upon release, pretty okay. much. But I had sort of gone back and and checked them out. Uh, the, checked out the first album specifically, mm. and then when this album came out. Um, I just saw that it was released and it was getting some pretty good buzz. And I was like, I, I should check that out because I liked what I heard of that first album when I went back and listened to it. Uh, and then upon listening to it, I just kind of fell in love with it. Uh, and it just really did a good job of pulling me in and keeping me there and making me want to come back. And I listened to it, I don't know, 10 or so times in that first week. It's I've a, listened to it three times in the past twenty four hours. This sweet, <laughs> so sweet. I uh, and I, I have to tell you. So this is the this is the sweetest album about suicide I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is okay. Okay. Is sort of my my summation of it, and. That that intro, that intro track, and consequently sort of the closing track, how they weave together. But that intro track fucked me up. It's it's it feels real. It feels like someone you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it fucked me up, Jack. Because and because I saw the title, you know, and it was like I just you know, I just want you to know that that I'm I'm you know, I'm okay. I'm here. I'm yeah. sorry I left in a hurry. And it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And 
Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. always be with you. I'll always love you. <sighs> and I don't, I don't know how they were able to touch on such a universal and simultaneously ephemeral emotion. But like personal also. Yeah. Yeah. Of just like, you know, I don't know, man. But that that intro fucked me up. And and the rest of the record I I I, I wrote down for, you know a seamless sonic tapestry covering a spectrum of inner reflection were the words that came to my that's mind. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's better than I would put it. So uh because it it flow like there's all these elements and there's all like you're saying there's lots of there's lots of guest vocalists on this every single track has a different guest vocalist or more yeah multiple in some cases yeah and it all it's all cohesive it's seamless and and it 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 feels it feels cinematic it feels surreal yeah it it is but yeah. it, it also it it also is has a it's like deeply felt. I don't I don't know how to describe it, but it is I was extremely moved on the first listen. And that's rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the first listen to 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 be like I got to stop what I'm fucking doing. <laughs> you know. And so um no, I I agree. That's that's what this album sort of did for me the first time as well. And that's why I, I sort of latched onto it and kept coming back to it. So there was one particular track or two tracks that I wanted to talk about. Okay. So the, you know, the dial D for devotion and then into the, the song about running red lights. Yes. So, you know, the light of my life is going out tonight in a peak champagne Corvette. The light of my life is going out tonight without a flicker of regret. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> you, man. <laughs> shouldn't be allowed to write lyrics that good fuck <laughs> you man and so then that goes into the song running red lights this hook which is rivers cuomo singing this song that's rivers cuomo yep fuck never mind i don't like it anymore. i know we're, not gonna, we're gonna i know right we're not talking about this anymore. I, I want to not like it but i do i really like it a lot why do you have to tell me that? I could no. I, I why why should I? Why do I have a problem with Rivers Cuomo? Why should I? I, I have nothing to say. I'm nothing bad to say about it. Um, it's, but yeah, it's man, it's a fantastic hook. It's a really it's good hook. so good. It's such a fucking good hook. And then it got to the it got to the 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 first verse. You know, I'm a thundercloud ready to burst like Schrodinger. I'm I'm crying in the car, and invalid. I'm off the grid now. If you're going to do a shout-out to Schrodinger, I'm going to be on board. Although I don't know that bursting is what Schrodinger is known for. That was the exact reaction I had when I, when I first heard those lyrics. Because he sings very clearly like Rivers Cuomo does for Weezer normally. Yeah. So you can tell exactly what he's saying. And when I right. heard him say that, I was like, fuck you, Rivers Cuomo. Like, we, <laughs> don't, don't you dare. Don't you invoke Schrodinger. Uh, and and analogize it to a cloud raining. Yeah, like if you if you talk about Schrodinger, you gotta talk about something waving. You gotta talk about some waves, man. <laughs> right. So just to clarify here, all right. 
So something that is at once known and unknown, or in two states, or whatever, <laughs> something closer. Or talk about a cat, you know? Okay, yeah, sure. So, like in a former life, I thought I was going to be a physicist. So you that, have the degree at, at the very least. That's that's yeah. So yeah, I got I got the degree, and that that's what I was doing grad work in. I thought I was going to be, you know, Doctor Wooten, physicist, is what I thought in a former life. Like I have. The Heisenberg uncertainty principle tattooed on my arm, okay? So Heisenberg and Schrodinger are sort of like the two, you know, they're they're the Beatles and the Stones of of quantum mechanics, if you will. Um, and so one's good and one's boring. <laughs> Which one um, do I mean? I'll let one's that one's a sit humanist there. and one was a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, but, but yeah, so, but anyway, you throw out Schrodinger's name, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, we're really, even if you fuck it up, I don't even care, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be sympathetic to your, to your plight. Working into like a, a ethereal pop song, we can, we can talk. Yeah, like whatever, man, like I don't even, I don't even, I don't even care, but I guess, like I don't know that, I don't know that Schrodinger bursted in any particular way. I, <laughs> I was watching something and someone was referring to the Schrodinger sort of whatever the theorem is called. It's just the equation. Just the equation. Schrodinger equation. Schrodinger wave equation. Okay. Okay. Uh, and they, the way that they described it made me come back to this lyric and say, oh, maybe that's what he meant. And I can't remember what that is now, hmm. unfortunately. I wish I had thought about this before we talked, but whatever. Anyway, I had the exact same initial reaction as you did. So Nice. Yeah. Um, but who gives a shit, really, honestly? <laughs> because the real, the real thing that's amazing here is the running red lights. I've been running red lights to get to you, delivered in the most fucking perfect way. And then they have that callback to the, um, you know, the light of my life is going out tonight in the middle. I don't, that ain't Rivers Cuomo. I don't know who that is, but. It's the other guest on that track. I forget who it is, but so, but just also. So there's the lead into this track, which is uh, it's just like a spoken word. Right, that's piece. the dial D yeah. for devotion, and that's uh, Karen O from the Yeah Yeah Yes. Oh, uh, just saying like four lines. Right, just got her in there for that, I guess, which is cool. That's so crazy. And I was like reading some other shit about like that the album art is like the woman who worked on the Voyager project. Oh, maybe. I don't like know. Like a picture that they put into sound and then put this, back they, into image or some this, shit. Took the spectrogram of it and... Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. It's, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's fucking banana sandwiches. <laughs> it, it looks like that if you if you look at it. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, so... That's cool. But yeah, so there's lots of, lots of things in here about, you know, uh, lots of... It, it felt like it was a... It felt like it was a record about about suicide and space travel in the, okay in the best way possible okay yeah and and it, and it was a different because I can't, I don't know which song it was but there was the one it was one where it's a dude singing and he's talking about something something a handful of pills and I'm gonna make a big I'm making a big decision yeah the one where he comes out I have been reborn I have been reborn at the end yeah 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 yeah, yeah and and so like now maybe it maybe maybe I'm just confessing that I just have too much suicidal ideation. Maybe lots of people can listen to this record and that's not the vibe they get from it. But to me, 
that was that was the the thing. You'd have to not be listening to the lyrics very hard to. Uh, okay, cool. I'm glad. Come away from that. I just that, wanted man. to leave that door open. That like maybe I'm just <laughs> fucked. Um, no. Nah, nah. Yeah, but 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 the, the, but singing about suicide inside of such. hopeful music yeah it doesn't feel like quite the right word but it it is it's it feels positive it feels uplifting in, in a way yeah the whole record does right and but it doesn't it's it's not it doesn't go so far as to sort of like necessarily like glorify suicide but no it's not looking at it it's not treating it artistically as an inherent negative and that makes it a pretty unique perspective because mm. suicide is almost looked at as as an inherent negative yeah not not um you know i mean i'll i'll, I'll always be here i'll always love you i'm sorry i left in a hurry uh, but i made it here you know what i mean like these there's nothing there's nothing negative about the sense of being on the other side of it. I am reborn, you know, and that's a very different, you know, the way that our society looks at suicide, it's not okay right. to look at it as any, like if you, if someone committed suicide, you look at that as someone either quit or they lost. Mm-hmm. And that's how our society looks at that. And so to put it inside of a record, you know, inside of the vibe on this record is really, really unique. Yes, I, I agree. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you remember, but I actually recommended this album to you months ago. Is this the one that you said you mentioned Perry Farrell on it? Yes. Okay. Because he's on here. He's on. He's on. Yeah, song. yeah. I was very surprised to see that he was on here because <laughs> after I'd listened to the record twice, and I was like, "What the fuck was Perry Farrell doing on here?" Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. So what I said about Perry Farrell's appearance on here was, uh, well, my my text to you was lots of guests integrated integrated uh well really helps this album, uh Perry Farrell even being used effectively, which is neat. <laughs> As if Perry Farrell can never be used effectively. <laughs> well, as if to imply. Uh, yeah. As if to say. Also, like, you know, if you listen to Jane's Addiction, you listen to Porno for Pyros, like, Perry Farrell's sort of, like, front and center there. Sure. And he's kind of his Perry Farrell self, which is, like, whatever you think of him, I don't, I never was big into him. It's great, but it's that thing. It is very much that thing. But here, he's in, he's almost in the background of the song in a weird way. He's like flavor okay. around the song. Which one is it? Uh, oh, the Sun. Okay. All right. Keep talking. Yeah. And it, like, he's like, he he puts like inflections on it and he's singing. He is singing and he's the only, li- oh, there might be someone else singing in some parts of that song. But it's it's very much more for flavor and effect than it is for like, here's a story. Right. Um, Let me see if it. If it jar, jars my memory, but yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, this one. Yep. Shit, I didn't know this. Was, I didn't realize this was him at all. Yeah, that's him. 
Wow. That's him. Wow. Big, big, beautiful light. That's amazing. Yeah. So he's just like in there every so often interjecting these things, and it's great. And it makes that song come alive in a weird way. What fucking masterful producers, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, because you, you, I remember now you recommended this record because I was talking about the kind of, you know, I was talking about the kind of the next kind of funk record I wanted to make where I wanted to make this kind of thing that sort of seamlessly sort of, yeah, genre hopped between sort of different, different scenes and different aesthetics and different even recording styles and all this type of stuff. Yeah, you know, and so, so you're like, well, do I have an album for you. Matter of fact, so what I said was for for another album that has a sort of cinematic feel with different sounds and vibes, track to track. Check out this album. I think they, I think they. Yeah, I I should have listened to it sooner, <laughs> but then we would have missed this opportunity. Precisely. So, I'm gonna keep not listening to the things you recommend for me <laughs> till it comes time. Till you have to. Yeah, till I have to. Yeah, fair point. Uh, yeah, man. There's like some. There is just some amazing shit on this album. Yeah, I feel like it's just layer. I feel like there's so many layers. You know, I feel like I've I've just barely scratched the surface of it, and so of yeah of lyrically what it has to offer, of sonically, texturally, yeah, all those types of things. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, yeah, I don't even know what to what to dig into. It's it's all over the place. There there are there are guests on here like Tricky, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Perry Farrell. Uh, MGMT um, is on here somewhere. Uh, yeah, Karen O is on that little part. Um, yeah, Rivers Cuomo, Jamie XX from the XX. Uh, every song has something interesting and cool to find. And the, so the, the melodies, the, like the melodies mm-hmm. and the the vibe, is really what stick out to me on this album. That that was the first thing I wrote down actually. Because the melodies from track to track are completely disparate, like they don't they they don't feel related at all, but they feel equally good. Mm. If that makes sense, mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, yeah. the, it's the production. I think is right. a big part of it. The very the very first thing I put down was great vibe of a record. Yeah, just amazing. And and so and I guess that's that's almost sort of like the the theme is almost of sort of. If you had to like try to tie all these records together, that's almost sort of the thing that seems to resonate with the both of us, even in manifest in different ways, is is having this sort of and I maybe this is I'm just this is just this is what makes a good album, Richard, you dipshit. <laughs> but you know, having being able to enjoy something on a surface level. As oh man, this is just this is just great melodies and great beats and a great vibe and 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 yeah man, this is just great to listen to. Um, but then to dig deeper and there be these layers and that there to be all this nuance of emotion and all this sort of stuff are like oh yeah, this is just blasting crazy extreme fucking death metal here. Yeah, I go to, I'm, I can fucking headbang and slam to this live and it's great. Right, and then you. And then you dig into it and it's like, oh no, this is very, this is, this is, this record comes from a very concerned place about the future of our planet concerning the sustainability of the practices that we've developed as modern humans. Mm-hmm. 
but it still functions as a blistering extreme metal record. Right. 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 You know, uh, the warning album still functions as like just a drony stoner doom record. But the lyrics and the composition clearly come from a very, very deep place. Totally. You know, Infected Mushroom can still function as a live music kind of DJ set, but it has all of these crazy fucking random elements and all these things. And it still, it still manages to, 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 to function and I don't know. It touches on something that I, that I that is really that has become more and more important to me mm-hmm. as an artist, as being older is is this idea of there being levels of engagement. It's, sure, it's one of the reasons that I, in you know in you know in my third or in my like late twenties and thirties, I, I think I started to get so into like jam bands and funk musics, funk musics jam bands, funk music, and uh, death metal sort of in parallel almost was those sort of became like my two primary niches, niches. I don't know the right way to say that. And, and because these are very live forms of music. Yeah. And there are levels of engagement, especially at like a jam band or a funk show. It's one of the things I like so much. There's levels of engagement at a show like that. You can just be hanging out, vibing, talking to, talk, having a good conversation with your friend in the back. Or you can be just like, you know, kind of, kind of dancing, kind of just enjoy, enjoying your night, you know, digging the grooves and whatnot. Or you can be up front and center, having a, having a, you know, life-altering experience, dancing your ass off. Um, or you could be sort of on the side of the stage, really trying to absorb what the musicians are doing. Right. And there's all of these levels of engagement. And that's something that I really, really like. Same. Yeah. And, and you know, like, because, you know, like you go to like certain sort of type of, I'm, I'm just going to use metal shows because it's what we know. Mm-hmm. And, but in, at a metal show, there's really only one approved level of engagement. The mosh pit. And <laughs> screaming the lyrics and going apeshit. <laughs> right. It's not really yeah. okay to just be hanging back and just sort of like, hmm. Yeah. You know? Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, oh, that, oh, that was quite the tasty blast beat. Oh, <laughs> a bomb blast. Oh. Oh, a little bit of a hyperblast action. Oh, check this. Oh, you normally don't hear the hyperblast going into a skank beat such as that. Okay, how interesting. Fascinating. Like you don't, there's not that, that's not really in the etiquette of like a metal show. Right, yeah. Um, You need to scream when they scream. You need to circle pit when they circle pit, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's not what people do, but that's the... I mean, they tell you when to circle pit, so you should do it out you of obligation. Do. You should. It's a very, you know, like do what you do what you're told. It's, it's so funny. A bunch of like rebellious. Yeah, yeah you know, metal. Do, yeah, metal. Do what they tell you to do. That's what, that's what rage saying about. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do what they tell you to do. Fuck yes, I'll do what you tell me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. So, but these records sort of have that almost built into them. This kind of levels of engagement of like, I'm just going to put this on the background. Or I mean, I don't know if you put cow decapitation on the background, but but if I was gonna put it on, I'm not putting it on the background. <laughs> uh, 
it's kind of a reach to apply it to the to the cattle to cat breaker, but especially to the avalanches. Right but I see here. what you're getting at with that. Yeah, 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 I'm being very broad here. But yeah, that this uh, you know, something that 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 maintains a vibe, but still has all these layers and ways to dig into it and different way angles and and perspectives to look at it from and unpack it. Yeah, that that's some of the stuff that I find myself gravitating towards or have found myself gravitating towards more and more over time for sure, mm -hmm. because I definitely remember being younger and wanting one of the two uh, extremes of that, mm. where I want something that's, if I want to listen to something loud and fast, give me the thing that's loud and fast. I don't care what it actually is. It's just going to give me that feeling. Yeah. If I want something to sit and think about, give me the thing to sit and think mm. about, right? Mm -hmm, give me mm -hmm. the soft music, the contemplative music. <sighs> right. That's what yeah. I'm And, but as time has gone on, you find things that are both and more, and those are the things where you're like, oh, man, this is like really – this has got a lot to it. I can that's come back to this and find – that's how I've always felt about it anyway. Like, Yeah. Uh, and I found that sort of thing in like classical music over time, mm. that that exists in a lot of classical music, whereas I used to think it was just that extreme of like, well, you just sit here and listen to the notes and <laughs> listen to the arias and the and – the, yeah. Whatever the fuck. It, but it's, it, there's so much more to it than that. Interesting. But, uh, and, and yeah, I, I found myself gravitating more towards that as I get older, for sure. And nice. As I want to sit with an album like the Avalanches album over and over and over again and find something new every time to appreciate. Right. Yeah. That That's an album that, like, I want to sit with the lyrics and, like, you know, yeah. and, like, let me really unpack this one. But, yeah, that's definitely a one, one that I'm going to keep keep listening to for Sweet. sure well i mean same for this one honestly for me nice man. like i can't I've, I've only listened to it one and a half times i guess like you did the infected mushroom so yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna go check that out and what's weird is i didn't even really feel that way until i was done listening to it and i was like i kind of want to keep going listening to that right now actually that's, that's <laughs> fascinating because that's the exact same thing that happened to me like i i think that on the so so fair <clears throat> warning <laughs> you listen to the warning record and the vocals put you off just shut the fuck up <laughs> and listen to the whole thing do what the metal people tell you to do yeah li listen to, listen to the whole thing and then you know and it's going to be one of your favorite records or you're uh or you're clearly not sophisticated <laughs> like we are <laughs> so obviously yes anyway anything else you want to add about any of this shit I think we pretty much covered it. Sweet, man. Good All right. Good talk. Adios. Yes. Thanks for listening. I don't give a shit. Whatever. <laughs>